Hi, I'm Jake Heilbrunn, author of the newly released Off the Beaten Trail, and you're listening to Chasing Dreams with Amy J. Welcome to Chasing Dreams podcast with Amy J. Amy believes that realizing a life without regrets is achieved by taking chances, chasing your dreams, making moves, and overcoming your doubts. The Chasing Dreams podcast will help you overcome life's obstacles, believe in your potential, and inspire you to face your fears. And now here's the woman who is passionately pursuing her dreams, Amy J. Dream Chasers, this is Amy J, and thank you so much for tuning in for episode 63 of Chasing Dreams. Today I have with me speaker and new author, Jake Heilbrunn, who is the author of Off the Beaten Trail. He is a passionate speaker, lifestyle blogger, and the author of the book I just mentioned. And it is an inspiring memoir about his journey leaving college and solo backpacking through Central America at 18. He's dedicated to empowering people to live a life of purpose and fulfillment, which means he's perfect for the show, guys. Uh, Jake has been featured in multiple large publications, including Psychology Today, Thought Catalog, and the San Diego Union Tribune. And Jake reached out to me, actually, to um, let me know what he's doing. And I was thrilled to hear from him. And when I looked deeper, I was like, yeah, we definitely have to have him on the show. There was no hesitation. Jake, how are you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm doing awesome. Thank you for such a kind introduction. Well, congratulations to you, sir. You have a book that is releasing as of this recording tomorrow, but by the time it airs, it has been out there to the world. What is that like? It's it's pretty exciting. I mean, I had I had a vision that, you know, I've thought about writing this book almost a year and a half ago, but I decided I made like that commitment maybe about 16 months ago and I just kind of saw the vision of the book becoming a reality. So to be here today, like 16 months later, <laughs> after writing the whole book and, you know, learning all of these different, you know, tools and understanding how publishing works to being here on the eve of publishing is a pretty incredible feeling. And you were telling me off the record earlier that you were preparing for the release. And we're going to get to that because I'm very curious as to what it takes to release a book. We've had previous authors on the show and, you know, they were a bit ways from release. So you were the closest I have to a on-the-job experience kind of thing for an author. But before that, let's, let's take it back. You went solo backpacking through Central America. There's yes. not a lot of people <laughs> who can say they've been solo backpacking across America, let alone Central America. I mean, how do you even decide to do that? Yeah, well, my journey started about two years ago, uh, three days after I arrived at Ohio State University for my freshman year of college, I broke out in hives all over my legs and arms. And I had no idea why they were really uncomfortable and aggravating. And unfortunately, almost every day for the rest of the semester, I just kept breaking out in these hives and rashes. And I had no idea why I saw doctors, immunologists, dermatologists, I had pills, creams, tests, the whole nine yards and then some. And unfortunately, nothing was working. And they diagnosed me with chronic urticaria, which is just a fancy name for saying your skin's freaking out and we don't know why. So here's a name for it. Now, did it <laughs> and, hurt? Did, uh, um, it, it was mostly like it, it almost felt like 
just really like burning and, and itchy. Oh, but man. so it wasn't as much painful as it was just super uncomfortable. And I was like in this constant state of uncomfort or discomfort. And the worst part though was the anxiety. Like I had never really had any issues with anxiety. And at school, I just became severely anxious. Like I never know, knew when I was going to break out. And um, I just fell into this like state of depression. I, I was really unhappy. But, you know, now looking back, I see this as a blessing because during this time, I started to question my life and the path I was on. And I realized that I was living a life kind of based on the expectations of other people, just going down the path that was kind of paved out for me. And I had never even questioned it. And, you know, all this kind of this questioning started because I was so unhappy with, you know, what was going on. And my this manifestation of this disconnect was happening through a skin condition. And my true desire, even before going to college, I really wanted to explore different ways of life. Like that was my dream. And it didn't necessarily make sense to other people, but I just wanted to like live life and experience other cultures. And so I eventually, after the first semester or during the second semester, I took a leave from school and I came home and I did some research and I found this site called Workaway, which is essentially like a travel cultural exchange volunteer site where you can connect with hosts from all over the world doing a variety of different things. And I found this guy in Guatemala where he said, whatever your skill set may be, the people of P10 need your help. So I thought, perfect. I'm 18. I have no professional skills, but I'm willing to make a difference in any way I can. And I suggested I could teach English and soccer. And he said, I love it. Come on over. And <laughs> I packed a bag, backpack. I booked a flight, that, a one-way flight that left in a month. And I didn't really know any Spanish other than like hola and gracias. And that to me was how this whole journey began. That's Crazy, guys. I want to let me kind of set the tone here. Jake was 18 when he went to Central America. He's only 19 now. Like, that's still <laughs> mind. But yeah, you're an author at 19. You went and lived in another country at 18. I just want to set the record. When I was 18, I went to college and did some crazy stuff. But you did something crazier. So you, there's no certainty. You go and do this workaway program and. Did it just feel right? I mean, you were still suffering, right? With 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 your yeah. Skin, so what do you say, skin disease or yeah? Well, so I mean, I was told it was chronic, and you know, being told you have chronic anything is just like a sinking feeling because it scary implies word. it implies forever. And, and you know, when they explained it, they said, "Look, chronic for us means anything like that's been occurring over six weeks straight. It's you know, can be the potential for chronic." And my skin issues lasted about six months or so. But interestingly enough, there was about a two-month window between when I came home from school and when I left on my trip. And uh, I saw a holistic doctor who told me to change my diet. I knew nothing about you know holistic health. But he's like, stop eating gluten, soy, and dairy. And I was like, why? <laughs> and he's <laughs> like, because this could be causing issues. And so I stopped eating them. And for, you know... After about a month, things started to slowly start clearing up, but you know it wasn't perfect. And I had made the decision that I was going to travel no matter what, with skin problems or without it, because I realized I couldn't let this control my life. But um, interestingly enough, about a week before I left, things really started to clear up. And the way I interpret it is like when I finally started living kind of life that I wanted to live, and I was like not pursuing something that was based on external influences. I feel like there was kind of a sense of peace within. 
you know, even boarding that flight to Guatemala, like I was nervous and people, I remember this TSA agent called me like crazy, (laughs) but (laughs) I felt so at peace with like what I was doing. Like that was my dream. And I think the skin stuff was really just stress induced. So it's it's really interesting now with the hindsight to be able to look back. You know, that makes sense in this. uh, I have heard, um, I do get hives sometimes like when I, when I scratch, but I have been told that, you know, it could be stress related. I've never really, it, I don't have it chronically or anything like that. So I've never kind of put two and two together, but it, it could be related if I ever focused on that. But for you to, to kind of suddenly make that decision and head out and the TSA agent, you know, was saying what we all thought, right? Did yeah. you, did you have the support of your family or community friends with you and if not you still went without that yeah so i i had been in pretty close communication with my parents uh when i was at school like they they at first they were just you know kind of relieved to know that i was coming home in the sense that like i was really not doing well like mentally i was just really not in a great place so they were happy to get me to come home and get the skin stuff and that stuff under control um, I, and you know, to be honest, like I now maybe people are like, oh, like that's so cool that you like left school and did this. But at the time, like I felt like a total failure because I didn't know for sure I was going to be able to travel. I wanted to get my skin stuff down and I felt like this huge loser who just like couldn't handle college. And at the time I was totally unaware about like what you could almost call an epidemic of how many kids like experience anxiety and depression in college. Like it's a huge number. But I didn't know that and I felt totally alone. So I actually really only told a couple of my really close friends and like they were, of course, really supportive. But I didn't tell most people. I kind of just wanted to sneak on out. And um, interestingly enough, one of the so I actually did not bring a phone on my trip. And that was intentional because I found that social media was just I was kind of using it in maybe a negative fashion, like just kind of comparing myself to other people and for me the trip was it was something for me it wasn't like necessarily for anyone else so i didn't bring a phone i didn't want to be connected i just wanted to experience life in the moment and for me having the support of just my close friends and my parents and my sisters was kind of like all i needed and you know i'm really grateful that they were okay with it but at the end of the day you know i was paying for it i was making my own decisions so i probably would have gone no matter what but i'm i'm lucky to have their support and, and I think you actually make a great point. Not a lot of people talk about college and its effect on people, the stress it can put that families and friends and, you know, yourself, society mm-hmm. put on, on, on people. And so it sounds like you, you were going through that stress as well. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, when I speak at high schools, uh, that's one of the big things I, I talk about. And I actually have, I have a guest, I wrote a guest post for psychology today a while back, you know, talk is called the disturbing truth about anxiety and depression in college. And actually tomorrow I I have a post for them that's airing. It's an open letter to college freshmen about, you know, the issue no one talks about, which is anxiety. And for me, like my wish is that kids have an incredible experience in college. Like I only want people to be happy, but you know, the reality is like a lot of kids, especially in this growing up with social media, like you have this perception that everyone is always happy because that's the way their social media portrays it. And then when people aren't happy themselves or they're experiencing stress or anxiety or, or they're just unhappy, like they feel so disconnected because they think that they're unique to feeling what they're feeling. And I'm so passionate about like 
sharing and my experiences, which I dive pretty, <laughs> I get pretty vulnerable and deep in the book and open about what I was experiencing because there's really not a lot of places and people who open up about these things, especially young people today. And if you look at the statistics, it, it's pretty incredible, like how many kids, you know, deal with these things. And you know what, that's really amazing. And guys, I'll have a link to that article on the show notes page so that you can check it out because I think it's a great thing you're doing and something, you know, social media, I have my own feelings about it and how people are, are using it, but you make a great point. I mean, it's like when you're, um, you know, when they ask for feedback, oftentimes uh-huh. people don't give you feedback unless there's something wrong, right? Uh, uh-huh. People, the, the people that are happy kind of just stay back. Where social mm-hmm. media, I think it's like the opposite. People that are, are fine are, are always posting. And those who aren't may not post necessarily the truth because they want to keep up with the Joneses. Yeah. In, in a sense. And, it's, and there, there isn't a place necessarily for them to go for people mm-hmm. who are hurting. I mean, on Tumblr, if you go, you know, there's tons of people and posts and things you can find. And if there is a struggle you are going through and you're going to college or you're in college, you know, don't, don't fester in that find help talk to someone talk to us you could probably reach out to jake or myself yeah definitely don't do that yeah and you know just kind of to add on that with social media like i i love social media i mean it's how i've connected with some incredible people so i think it's just about having like a conscious usage and understanding of that it doesn't show the full picture but um you know it's such a great tool to connect with people from all over the world oh absolutely i mean some of the most poignant things that we found are on social media. I mean, Hillary yeah. Clinton's uh, tweet back to Donald Trump is on social media, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so different, Everyone's different, using it. Right. Everyone's using it and in a good way. And but there are there are some negativity, but not to go down that path. But when you go and you kind of I guess you can say you disconnected from yeah. like the tech world and source, I'm sure you well, actually did you keep in touch with people to make sure that they knew you were alive every now and then? Yeah. Carry yeah, a pigeon? So I, it's funny. I brought this like little Kindle tablet. I bought it right before I left where, <laughs> um, because you know, I wanted to have a couple books to read. And then also there was like a little Wi-Fi cafe in the town I was staying in. So mm-hmm. I would say maybe once a week or so I would go and check in and, um, I kept Facebook. That was the one thing I kept because I can message people really easily and also adding friends from all over the world. I met like travelers. So I, I kept in touch, you know, usually about once a week and, it's funny. I dis. What I like to say is, I disconnected in order to connect. Oh, that's kind of that's kind of deep. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because after like honestly, like two days, I I totally forgot about social media. Like it, I spent so right after I got to Guatemala, like literally, it was two days after I got there. We set out on this like six day, seventy five mile trek through the the Guatemalan jungle to explore the ancient Mayan ruins. And, you know, obviously there's no Wi-Fi in this jungle. Like it is deep in there. And some of the biggest pyramids in the world are in this jungle and not even excavated. But I like it's, you know, now that I'm back kind of in everyday society today, like my phone is just a part of my life and social media. But after like a day or two, I totally forgot about it. And, you know, the connections that I had with people just allowed me like to get these incredible insights into myself and in the world, which a lot of, you know, is discussed in the book, but it's, it's crazy how much the connection I felt, like how amazing it felt when I just, you know, experienced that person to person face to face connection. It wasn't even worrying or thinking about, you know, the whole social tech tech world. 
Yeah, it is kind of amazing when, when you actually are forced. Well, you did voluntarily, but if you were forced to disconnect, right? Uh, hmm. People are surprised to find that they can survive without yeah. technology or social media. And you voluntarily did that in two days. You realize, hey, wow, because I remember a time to date myself, guys, that, you know, none of that was there. There were no cell phones. There were no social media. Uh, the Internet was just starting. Yeah, I'm a little bit older. So <laughs> it's, it's an interesting feeling, right? And so you were there. You're experiencing the jungle. You're experiencing the trek. And you said you, you took, was it 16 months ago, you kind of told yourself you'd write this book. Was that just around when you were making this journey? Yeah, so I could give you a little bit of context. There was kind of like two visions I've had that have basically changed the rest of my life, to put it not very dramatically, but at the same time, <laughs> they really did change my life. So the first was I was speaking with this college career counselor who I had gotten to know over the first semester you know, originally talking about career paths because I had no idea what I wanted to do. It very quickly turned into almost therapy where I could just tell her what was going on. But so she was familiar with my unhappiness and my desire to leave school and travel. And she asked me these two questions that, you know, I was feeling absolutely stuck. Like I wanted to travel, but I felt so fearful to leave the path that I was on. Like I didn't know anyone else who was doing it. And it just scared me. And she asked me first, what's the worst thing that could happen if I left? And I remember thinking like, I wasn't scared of dying because, you know, I kind of went through an existential crisis, you know, during that semester. And I realized like what I feared most was dying, like not going after my dreams. But what I actually, my worst, the, the, the worst thing that could happen in my mind was that I was going to just be this big failure the rest of my life who would never, ever get a job. No one would ever hire me just because I was going to leave school to travel. And when I voiced it aloud to her, like I almost started laughing. Because I realized like my fears and thoughts were just that, you know, like fears and thoughts, but keeping them in was paralyzing me from having the clarity to move forward. And so once I got that out, then she asked me, what is the best thing that could happen if you did this? So then I just imagined myself like, you know, living with this local family in some other country and like experiencing another way of life and, you know, becoming so inspired that I might even write a book about it. So that was like my first you know, vision that totally changed my life because it was in that moment I, I made the decision to leave school and travel. And at that point, you know, the book, I kept a journal traveling and the book was sort of um, an idea, but it wasn't like a, a rooted purpose. And then about 16 months ago, so in May of 2015, about halfway through my trip, I was in Guatemala and I had met, I had, first I had met this man named Arnulfo who is known as a sabio or like a wise man. And he, he was from this indigenous tribe. He survived the Guatemalan genocide. So the indigenous tribes were like oppressed, raped, tortured. They had, it was miserable. It was awful. Like what happened. And he has this incredible life story of, you know, triumphing over tragedy. And he's on this mission to spread peace and love. And, you know, I went with him to this village and I had this experience I got to pass out stickers that I brought with me to all these kids and like to see the joy on their faces from just stickers. It was something that, you know, was both like, I could not believe like how much bliss stickers could create. And that day just kind of reminded me like the potential that I had within me and that I have today and that we all have within ourselves to make a difference in someone's life. Like even if it's just something as small as giving a sticker. And so that experience just really empowered me. And then later that day, I went with some friends to see this like cacao shaman <laughs> in the in the town I was living. This guy was like world renowned for these ceremonies he would do. And 
he, we, I ended up doing this meditation. So we drank the cacao drink and cacao is essentially just the purest form of chocolate. And no, it doesn't taste like a milkshake. <laughs> it's super bitter. It was gross. It felt like I, you know, I just drank it. It felt like I had a couple shots of espresso, nothing, nothing hallucinogenic or anything like that. But, you know, he guides us through these exercises and then he does this meditation called glow meditation where he guides us to like close our eyes and smile and just imagine this euphoric ball of white light. And I'm thinking to myself, this is like really weird. This is kind of cheesy. Like I, I'm opening my eyes at first, like looking at everyone else, like closing their eyes and smiling. It was kind of funny. But but he kept saying like, fake it till you make it. Like it's okay. Just really try. And, you know, part of traveling for me is, you know, op- accepting experiences with open an open mindset and giving it a shot. So I, you know, I tune in and I keep trying and trying it. And then all of a sudden I had this vision and I saw myself speaking on a stage and an MC like handing me a microphone and talking about this book that I wrote. And it was in that moment about 16 months ago that I knew I was going to write the book. And um, it's pretty crazy because tomorrow night I'll be speaking in front of about 100 people about at my book launch party with this book I wrote. But that all came from that vision I had about 16 months ago when I kind of took the time to get in touch with myself. And, you know, listen to my inner voice and consciously choose the vision and the life that I'd be most proud to live. And I felt that image as if it was real. And here I am today, like about to, you know, that manifestation has occurred. So it's pretty exciting. Well, that's that's amazing experience, because not only did you have it once, you had it twice in two different ways, Mm -hmm. similar visions. And here you are today, you know, it coming to life, you know, you're you're having the book launcher, you've written the book, you've went through this experience. And does it seem like there's nowhere to go from here? Are you going to plateau now that it's come to life? <laughs> it's funny. I had a, I had an English teacher who helped from high school who helped me with a lot of my book edits after I had gotten it back from my professional editor. And she said, Jake, you're never going to be pregnant or have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> but this book is the next closest thing. And just like a book, they're just like a baby. You have to nurture it and take care of it. And so, you know, getting the book out as excited as I am, it's, you know, to me, it is also the beginning of a long marathon of getting it out there. And part of that for me is speaking, which I love to share these important messages, you know, at high schools, college clubs, different organizations. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's funny beyond that. I don't totally know like what exactly I want to do. And at first I found like I was trying to justify to people when they would ask me like, Oh, like, Oh, like I'll probably end up doing this. But I think the truth is I'm not totally sure and I'm okay with that because I realized that when I take the time to kind of tune in and get in touch with myself and listen to my inner voice, the answer always comes. So I just kind of am really excited about focusing on the launch and seeing what opportunities come up. But I'm very you know passionate about travel and speaking and personal development. So however that manifests in the next six months, um, I'll be interested to <laughs> finding out because I know about as much as you do. You know what? I love that you said it in that way, because sometimes I think we put so much pressure on ourselves, even myself as a dream chaser. I think we put so much pressure on ourselves to know everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, and the fact that you had these revelations in different ways at different times and you're trusting in it and kind of just going with the flow is a testament to to the fact that you kind of you're not putting pressure upon yourself. And I think I think that's not easy to do. And I think that that it's great that you're now at this place where that's happening. I'm going to go back to the fact that you said previously that you believe your skin irritation was kind of related to stress. When you went to Guatemala, did it go away entirely? Because you said as 
got closer, it was starting to disappear. Did it go away entirely when you got there? Yeah. So I think it's interesting to note that. So I've always had sensitive skin. Like I still have eczema today, but the chronic hives and rashes, like that was something else. That was just an unbelievably like uncomfortable, aggravating thing that caused like severe anxiety for me. But when I got to Guatemala, like that essentially went away. But I did, you know, so trekking through the jungle, 75 miles in six days, I'd never been camping. And it was like easily over 100 degrees, really humid. And I got this like awful heat rashes, which were not fun. But at least there was sort of a reason for that. You know, like just I have sensitive skin, so no one else really got it. But like it made sense because it was so hot and, you know. But the the skin issues, they did go away. And my belief is that like I was just fully at peace with myself and I was living out of my own belief system and and consciously choosing the direction of my life. And by doing that and instead of living based on the expectations of others, um, I my skin just cleared up and I stopped creating this internal pressure that was manifesting in a skin problem. I mean, I don't think you guys have to go to Guatemala to clear up skin problems if you, if you have, yeah. but I think yeah. what you, what you, how you went, approached it and how you went through it, it's a great, great message also just to kind of try that and, and see how it goes. Now, when you were on your trip, you wrote to me and you shared some, some teasers, if you will, I'm going to call them teasers because they sure enough tease me. And one of them was a story you had about a lesson you learned on top of a pyramid. And that's kind of how he told me, guys. There, the, I, I have no idea what the story is, but it was a great teaser because it sure enough piqued my, my curiosity. So do you mind sharing what that lesson was and how that story came about? Yeah, absolutely. So the guy I was staying with in Guatemala, so I spent six weeks teaching English and soccer in this rural town, like living with a local family and also a couple of volunteers. And the guy who set up whose workway, like profile it was, who was organizing everything was this ex hostage raid and recovery military vet. He served eight years in Afghanistan and Iraq. And he saw how he made money in Guatemala is he would take tourists on these, you know, week long treks through the jungle to explore these ancient Mayan ruins and pyramids. Mm -hmm. So when I was on that week long trek, it was with him and a couple of the other volunteers and a couple of tourists from this town, like 20 minutes away. And, um, I, you know, I didn't know too much about him, but he was just one of those guys where like, he had just inc- this incredible life story. You could tell, I remember him telling me like, you know, we kind of distanced ourselves and we were climbing atop this huge pyramid. It's called La Danta. Look, it's arguably the biggest pyramid in the world by volume. And he told me about this experience he had. He was in an ID explosion and his partner was killed and, you know, he kind of had a little lisp and like, you could tell there was some, uh, maybe a little bit of like a scarring on his chin and, you know, he survived, but he, he had all, he had witnessed like the, the worst things possible in humanity. I mean, he had friends who couldn't, could just, you know, with the PTSD was insane and they had taken their own lives. Like he had really been through the ringer. Oh, wow. And I remember him telling me like, you know, the only way that we're going to be able to have peace in this world, if we can look at each other's differences and, and like take that breath and, choose to see each other's similarities and where we connect and understand that we've all been at the same table. And I remember him telling me this, like the importance of having love and compassion for people, even if you have differences with them. And like, of course, you know, that's a powerful message to hear from anyone, but to hear that from him after he had just told me like these stories that, I mean, he had every right to be angry and, you know, upset. Like I couldn't even imagine the emotional turmoil that he had been through, but for him to share that with me 
And like, just to see the type of person he was and the impact he was creating in Guatemala, like it was really inspiring and it, and it really just made me totally rethink my own life. Wow. Yeah, I, mean, I was wowed by it too. Uh, he, I mean, it's not a lot to, you can say about that, that it's incredible. And to have that kind of a mentality after coming mm-hmm. through what he went through. Yeah, it is yeah. pretty incredible. A great lesson too. I, um, hopefully one, all of you will take with you and, you know, spread that message of positivity and don't hate kind of thing. Yeah. Um, we probably need it more today than ever. Right. <laughs> yeah. Guys take that, take it and run with it, please. Uh, so Jake, when you came back, I mean, you had, you had a notebook, you were taking notes, you were journaling, right. Gathering all the notes that you want for your book. You didn't finish college and I'm not okay. Before anybody jumps on me about the fact that you have to be in college to get, you know, be a writer. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there's no real way to kind of know how to publish. Mm-hmm. How did you figure that out? I mean, you knew you wanted to write a book and do something. Is this self-published? Did you find someone? What was your process when you came back? Yeah. So I got back and I just, I did a lot of research. So I started researching all these different things and I thought about, you know, publishing and self-publishing And I realized that in today's world, unless you have like a a big platform, you know, like 50,000 followers or whatever, it almost didn't even make sense to get a publisher because if you, even if I did get published, I would get such a small percentage of the royalties and they don't even really help with marketing. So to me, it made total sense to self publish. And also like, I'm very much like, I love just doing things and and learning. So I figured that this is going to be a lifelong education that I would give myself from self-publishing a book because you're responsible for all the different processes. But the beginning, of course, like you said, was writing the book. So I got into this pretty crazy routine where I would wake up early and I would take a cold shower first thing in the morning, which I still do today. And then I would make some tea and I would kind of do a little like 10 minute guided meditation on YouTube. And then I would start writing and then I would take a break, either exercise or do yoga and then start writing again. Usually write about four hours a day. And I did that for about three months and I wrote the first draft, which was 106,000 words. (laughs) And that's a lot of words. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, uh oh. So once I had the, you know, after the three months, I knew that I needed help because I didn't know how to do this. And at this point, I was pretty confident. Well, I I knew I wasn't going to go back to college. Like I just felt like, and I still today, like my path just doesn't involve school um, or like the the traditional sense of a university, you know, of course that could change, but I talked with my parents and they, I'd done a lot of research and I found this course called quantum leap where it's like a help book marketing publicity course. And so they, you know, they have coaches who can help you write your book. They teach you how to market it. They teach you how to be the author, the entrepreneur, the publisher, the distributor, like everything. And so I've been in that course since maybe November of 2015. And that's been extremely helpful in guiding me how to outsource everything. Because, you know, if you don't do it, it it can be a really expensive thing to self-publish a book. And for me, I wanted this book to be a top quality book that you could not tell the difference if it was self-published. And of course, you know, I'm really happy with how it came out, but that, you know, was a result of a lot of the help I got, a lot of the research I did and learning how to do all these things on my own. Because I, I, the thing that's so amazing about the world we're living in today is the middleman has been almost taken out. Like I didn't need an agent. I didn't need to wait six months to get a deal. I could just do this myself and hire, you know, all these different professional freelancers. And 
of course, it took a lot from learning and I did a Kickstarter campaign, which helped me raise a lot of money for my book. But, you know, learning the whole PR and, you know, the editing process was took me a long time. I did multiple rounds of beta readers to get feedback. I after my professional editor saw it, I did another round with an English teacher and then I had a psychologist help me read it and help me with like the themes. And he told me that my book was essentially the hero's journey. I'd never heard of that. But he said that was a good sign and I looked into it and I realized that, that is you know, there's sign. so much. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of structure to it. So basically just learning all these different things and, you know, about how Amazon works and other distribute other distributors. But I guess the biggest thing I could say is first, there's definitely not one way to do it. Like you could do it 10 different ways. I don't think there's a one right or wrong way. And the second is kind of just diving in. I mean, this is my first time doing it. And, um, you know, you kind of just got to be okay with not knowing because I found that I get sometimes hung up, but just have faith in the process and know that, you know, if it's your first book, you're going to learn, which has been the case with me too. Well, for your first book, I mean, you should definitely check out the show notes page. Jake's link to his homepage is on there. Uh, very well done. You have an amazing video on there. It's oh, like, thank you. Right. It's like a, it's like a commercial. You guys should definitely check it out. It's very cool. And I mean, everything is top notch, I, you know, high level quality you have going on. I commend you for that because it's uh -huh. not easy. Yeah, but I appreciate it. Yeah, you definitely maintain all of that. But you've also gotten some great feedback. I mean, if I remember correctly, you had your book and you were able to get it into people's hands like uh, Jack Canfield, Drew Brees. Right. Yeah. And yeah. So I actually, I got my book to them, but I didn't, they didn't end up reading it. So I, part of the process when you have a book, you know, social proof is important today. Well, it's always important, right? It's one <laughs> of like the, the pillars of, of, you know, influence in Robert, forget how you now pronounce his last name. Maybe it's Cialdini's book influence, which has been you know praised as one of the top books in marketing, but he said, you know, for people to want to, you know, get your product, there kind of has to be a little bit of social proof. And for me, I understood that. And, you know, I didn't love, you know, of course, no, it's really kind of intimidating when you're pitching your book to like these big names. But so Jack Canfield, I went to his event and I waited like after the eight hour event, I waited three hours in line to be the last one to give him my book. Three hours? Did. Yeah. I was like the last one in line and he was like really proud and he was, congratulated me but he said you know this is amazing but i just don't know i can't guarantee anything because i have like tons of other books that i've been asked to read and you know he's <laughs> he's an unbelievably busy guy but i said thank you and it the funny thing was although that didn't necessarily turn into a a book deal his team who i had met actually invited me for free to this five-day seminar he holds so by putting myself out there, while I didn't get the first thing, I got something amazing. So it taught me the importance of putting myself out there. And then Drew Brees, I knew where he lived in San Diego because a friend used to live kind of near him in his neighborhood. <laughs> so I just, it was really funny. Like I drove to his house and of course it sounds so good in your head, right? Like I'm going to go to this celebrity's house and give him my book. But then like I pull up a street away and I remember just sitting in my car like, is this the dumbest idea ever? Like how am I going to get into his house? How am I going to, what if he thinks I'm like a stalker, like all these things. But I, and, you know, and then I just said, okay, I'm just going to do it. And so I'm walking up to his house and like, right when I noticed the fact that there's like a gate, of course there's a gate because it's Drew Brees. <laughs> <laughs> um, he his, the garage door opens and he walked out. It was the craziest timing. No and way. I just like, 
yeah, it was crazy. And I just waved hello to him and I shook his hand, introduced myself, kind of gave him my 30 second pitch. And he, you know, similar thing to Jack, he said, congratulations. Um, that's awesome. But he didn't know if he would be able to read it. So unfortunately I didn't hear back from those two, but I did send a pitch to Chris Gillibo, who's like a New York times bestselling author and this entrepreneur. He's a top blogger who I really respect. And he said, yeah, send it over. He, he told me he gets 50 book review requests a month. But he said, you know, I like your story. And so I sent it and he wrote me this really, really kind endorsement for the book. And so I think the lesson is, you know, it's kind of like a numbers game, but just putting yourself out there and you know, every no brings you kind of closer to a yes. And he is an amazing author, guys. If I'm uh, if I got the book right, it's The Hundred Dollar Startup. Yeah, yeah, he's got that one's a New York Times bestseller. He's got The Art of Nonconformity and The Happiness of Pursuit is a, and Born for This is his new one. I've never heard of Born Born for This, but I I am a big fan of his. And, you know, that's amazing and a testament to the fact that you didn't stop after the first no. Like, you just kept going and trying. And uh, it really is about, you know, using whatever avenues and um, tricks are available to you to try and make something happen. Because look at you now. You got got some social proof. You have an amazing website. You have... you got a commercial that's almost professional quality. Uh, I'd thank be hard, you. Yeah, I'd be hard pressed to to say it's not. I almost am going to say it's professional quality. And your book is releasing tomorrow. So before we leave, there's there's two things I wanted to talk to you about. One, you know, is going to be the the thing you would recommend to a dream chaser. That's how we usually wrap it up. But before that, you're about to leave this uh, recording, so I can give you your day back, so that you can get ready for the launch tomorrow. What is that? What is going through your head and what is it you're doing to prepare for that? Is there a way to prepare for a launch? Yeah, well, you know, I've made sure that a lot of the things are in place for the launch in terms of like the specific distribution and all of the technical details. So in that aspect, I'm pretty good. Like I, I said, I actually have the book up on Amazon already. I did that like a week or so ago. And just keeping it kind of on the down low because I want to get all the kinks out, get the categories and keywords and descriptions and all that stuff correct. So it's definitely been a process over the last month and a half preparing to make tomorrow go as smoothly as possible. But, you know, through I have a couple guest blog posts lined up that will hopefully be released tomorrow. And a major one is the Psychology Today one. And a couple, you know, a couple other things like a Facebook. So that trailer, I'll be doing a Facebook ad for that. And then, of course, my book launch party, I have about 100 people coming. So that will be really exciting and I'll be speaking. But I think it's a mixture of excitement and just honestly gratitude just to feel like so much work. And I can't. I wish I could have recorded the hours, <laughs> like an unbelievable amount of time and energy and effort and, you know, good times, also really bad times. And just to have the support of so many people and, and to be here is it's just quite a good feeling. So. Although tomorrow will be hectic, I'm just trying to also soak it up and enjoy it, which I'm not always the best at doing, but that's definitely going to be something I'm going to try and do tomorrow. Which it sounds like you definitely deserve. Uh, Guys, you should check out Jake's book, Off the Beaten Trail. The link will be in the show notes, so definitely check it out. And, you know, congratulations to you because you did it. Regardless of how things turn out, everything after this is a bonus because your book is out. You did it. You came to the finish line you went through and now i'm i'm excited to see what happens with it how the book is received how you take the book and move forward which is exciting um so we're definitely gonna have to check back in with you about this to see what was it like afterwards yeah 
Right? Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. And it will be interesting to you know look back in a couple months and see how everything's played out for sure. Yeah. And so, Jake, before you go, you know, especially as someone who has kind of went through their own epiphany and uh, self-awareness journey, I guess I, I would say, what is something you would tell someone who's chasing their dreams? I think just the most important thing and, you know, it's kind of the overarching message of my whole journey, which is just that having the courage to listen to your inner voice and take a leap of faith in pursuit of your dreams. Because once you take the leap, um, it's not so scary and it is in the process of pursuing your dreams and passions where you find that, you know, fulfillment and happiness. So just kind of getting in touch and taking that leap of faith. That's awesome, guys. Take that advice. Run with it, Jake. All the best with your book launch and everything you have going on. Excited to see what happens. Thank you, Amy. It was such a blast. And we're back, Dream Chasers. That was Jake Heilbrunn, and he is amazing. Written a book. He's 19. He went to Central America at 18. And I'm just, I'm, I'm still in awe of the things he went through, the things he experienced, the fact that he had his own epiphany, you know, and self-enlightenment and awareness to uh, about his dreams and what he wanted to accomplish. And he's doing it. In fact, he did it because the book is out as of this uh, listening. If you're listening to this, his book is out and you should definitely check it out. And, you know, all the notes to today's show, the links, including to his book, his article in Psychology Today, you guys can find over on the show notes page at ChasingDreamsHQ.com slash episode 63. That's episode 63. And guys, that's all we want for you. Take your time, you know, give yourself some time to kind of think about what you want away from distractions, away from things that can kind of interfere with you getting in tune with yourself. And hopefully you too, if you're able to do it like Jake did, you don't have to go to Central America to do it. Stay where you are, but you know, find some, find some space and time, some peace, if you will to really think about it, to really kind of be aware of yourself and what you want. And maybe the answer will come to you as well. That's all we want for you guys. So until next time, take some time to think about it and keep chasing. Thank you so much for listening to Chasing Dreams. Amy would love to connect with you and hear all about your pursuit of chasing your dreams. Connect with Amy on Twitter at AmyJ21. That's A-I-M-E-E-J-2-1. Or leave a comment on her website, ChasingDreamsHQ.com. We hope you'll join Amy next week. And until then, keep chasing.